Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Seminar Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my buddy Dylan Shore, and we're going to talk about Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Dylan, did you tell mom the babysitter's dead? No, because for- fortunately, you know, none of my babysitters died while watching me. <laughs> that is fortunate. <laughs> um, cool. I also never had a babysitter die for the record. And we'll talk about that and so much else. But before we do, we'll talk about some other movies probably. Sir, what have you been watching? All right. Well, first off, did you watch it? No, of course I didn't. I'm sorry, well, guys. I'm sorry. He didn't watch Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Um well, honestly, there's no need to. It's really bad. It's not <laughs> even fun. Like, it's just, it's whoever lit the damn movie didn't light it properly. Uh, it's dark. Nice. You can't see any of the fights. Yeah, not worth it, but you should still watch it because it's crazy that they introduce a Predalien. That I gotta see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember when it came on screen in the beginning, I was like, that looks like an alien. Wait, it's got a predator head. What's going on there? Really threw me for a loop. Uh, so, AVP Requiem. I did a Martin Lawrence double feature. Oh, and I watched. Shit. There's multiple of his movies I could have watched. But uh, <laughs> I, I chose Life. Life is fucking brilliant. That's uh, the prison one, right? With Eddie Murphy? Right on. I haven't seen that movie. I don't know. If, I don't know if I've ever seen that one actually. Oh, we must do it for the podcast then. All right. Say no more then. Yeah, I won't say any more because uh, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and then I did National Security with him <laughs> and Steve Zahn, <laughs> which is definitely not a great movie, but it's it's enjoyable because I love both of them. I love Zahn. Anytime yeah. Zahn shows up, I'm into it, man. <laughs> and it's got Leslie Jones's first appearance no shit huh yeah she's super skinny really tall and she plays a fucking trucker that's like gonna beat the shit out of steve's arm crazy careers are long man careers are long it was crazy and then men of honor another you know i don't think i've seen any of these movies oh man men of honor good one especially if you like cuba gooding jr man like i don't know if i do though that's the thing Oh, it's one of his best performances. He's so good, and De Niro's fucking great, too. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, it tells the... Do you know what the story is? I assume it's about men and their honor. Good, good assumption. <laughs> yeah. Really good assumption. Uh, yeah, it's the true story of uh, uh, Cuba's character, which I'm blanking on the name of right now, but uh, he <laughs> wanted to be a Navy diver right and, on yeah that one <laughs> i've seen this trailer ten thousand yeah, times there you go. that's all that's all we need to say and he ends up like losing a leg from an accident on a boat and it's about the court trial of him getting to stay a navy uh mem- navy diver with a uh prosthetic leg well, kids got heart what can i say got heart baby okay men of honor it's a de niro worth a watch yep how about you? What did you watch? What did I watch? I've got a couple of movies here we can talk about. Uh, watch. Speaking of De Niro, 
I think is, wait, is it Ilias Kotis? No, who's the other one? So I watched Collateral Damage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's Ilias Kotis. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He does like one of the best De Niro, not impersonations, just sort of like embodiment. I don't know. And, and he's not doing it on purpose. Right. It just is kind of the vibe <laughs> that he's throwing off and the face that's like broadly similar. <coughs> yeah, Collateral Damage is a weird movie. I like, I, you know, it's fun, but it's a real, I don't know, mixed bag. It sort of feels like it's caught in between two different time periods and that. It might have also underwent some editing stuff because it came out right, or it was a about to come out right before collateral uh, before 9-11 that see that totally tracks I, I like that's the vibe that i get off of that movie there's like a lot of the stuff that's real fun and just like chippy and and then some of the like actual action sequences and then the the place that the movie ends up is like way heavier than you expect it to be mm-hmm. yeah that that totally tracks i mean it obviously is doing that immediate post 9-11 thing the real reason I bring it up though is because of Cliff Curtis. Yeah, so good, dude. That guy can play anything. I definitely. I mean, that's certainly and has, like, he literally has played like every race. <laughs> that's kind of his his vibe. At least it was for a large part of his career. But he's a yeah. Good I don't think he'll be able actor. to do it anymore. No, I mean, well, thankfully we're moving beyond the need for that, or I mean, the I guess not even need, but like the habit, the the but like, feelings of that. But what's crazy is that that dude's a chameleon because he truly would blend into the race that he's playing. Like he looks, he can look many different ways. Well, he's so charismatic that, you know, the look sort of precedes the character, if Uh that makes any sense at all. He's a a good fucking actor. And yeah, he can really do a lot of... uh, heavyweight stuff but so he's he shows up in this movie like 10 minutes in and i was like oh we're in trouble cliff curtis is here baby this movie's about to get weird let's go <laughs> i believe uh bill Hader was a pa on that movie wow. i heard him tell that story once and he was like yeah that was a crazy set i believe it was oh man i thought that was a weird fucking set i mean any set that arnold's on is gonna be a weird set right true Okay, I watched, I finished watching the Rush Hour movies. Um, yeah. yeah, I've just been kind of watching them in bits and pieces. I rewatched them not too long ago. Yeah, I don't even want to, that's not even actually what I want to talk about. But the reason <laughs> I mentioned it is because I also watched a number of other movies with the word Rush in the title. Okay, so, so did you watch Rush? I watched Rush. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it's a good movie. But it's such it's such a movie ass movie that I I was never able to suspend my disbelief, especially in the at this point where Chris Hemsworth is Thor and he's got like the long hair and I think he's so good in it. But the guy that plays Nikki Lauda is even better. Daniel, yeah, of course they're all very very good, and that's <laughs> I mean it follows the Brule rule, right? Yep. Um, no, it, it's a good movie. It's a good movie, and it, but it's so cinematic that I'm just like almost distracted by its like flashiness. No, it's steadiness. It's like it, it's extreme communicative ability. Does that mm. make sense? 
I see what you're saying, but I don't see why you don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't even know that I don't like it. I think I did like it. I, <clears throat> I, I, That's I just what you have to point out. Yeah, like I couldn't, I couldn't dial all the way in hmm. for whatever reason, for a few different reasons. But I, you know, it's fun. But the one I really want to talk about is Premium Rush. I was, that's the one I was gonna guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Shannon, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, man. What a weird fucking movie. Delivery Boy's got to fucking whatever he's got to do, get this package to where it's got to go. He's got to get the receipt to this place and then back from the thing. And then they, you know, Michael Shannon's a dirty cop and he can, he's got a stop time intersection vision. It's, do you remember those sequences? No, I, I never saw the full movie. I caught scenes of it while working at the theater. I was like, ooh, this is definitely not what I want to watch. Oh, buddy, it's a, it's a movie. It's a whole ass movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's multiple sequences where Joseph Gordon-Levitt avoids getting hit by like, <laughs> uh, you can picture it. He, he sort of freezes time, Mark Paul Gossler style, and these arrows get superimposed on the screen. And Oh, like he's looking at his path? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. And the potential. He actually did get, like, one of the main scenes of him weaving in and out of traffic on the bike, he fucked up and hit the back of a cab and broke a window and, like, sliced his whole arm. Yeah, you can tell he's riding his face off in that way of him trying to be like, you know, the actor's actor and probably went out and tried to ride with these guys for six months. Or oh, he, de- he definitely delivered a package. Uh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, uh, man, it just is like a, a strange-ass movie that I kind of, I wish it was made in the 90s because it's so silly and weird that like, the high concept of it would be a lot of fun in like Will Smith's hands or, you know, I, I, I wish like it was- be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What's that? Like him be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who would be Michael Shannon? I, I was trying to think about that, man. Like I, the one that came to mind was Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I, that's a little too heavy. And he's a little too young in the 90s. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you have anybody in mind? I mean, honestly, I was going to pull him in in black and say fucking Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones was good. Charles Dance. Charlie, Charlie, Dan- Charles Dance was the other one Dan- that uh, uh, um, popped into my head. Um, yeah, there's another one that I'm trying to think of. Uh, the one that came very immediately to mind was Ice-T, but that feels a little... I think that could work, but I also might want him as the courier, and then it's a different movie again, you know? Completely different. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right, that's what I was in a rush to see. Fucking hey, man. That's a good choice. Those are good choices. <laughs> they were definitely some choices I made. Should we talk about uh, the 80s holdover that is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? I would love to. It starts with a like that animation sequence, right? Yes, it does. Is it Better Off Dead that does that? Uh, there's a couple movies that do that. And my buddy, when I was watching it, he saw, he was like, I was watching City Slickers the other day and they fucking <laughs> do it. And it's so long in City Slickers. And I was like, yeah, I definitely remember that. They're like, 
pulling out the fucking letters and all of that oh, shit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that one's a little nutso. <laughs> uh, but luckily, the Don't Tell Mom one is only like 15 seconds. Snaps by. But we yeah. get an important piece of information, which is that Josh Charles gets a whiff credit in this movie. <laughs> with Josh Charles. Can you believe it, guys? Josh Charles... I like Josh Charles. I just, I don't know what he had done to earn the with credit at this point in his career. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> I feel like this would have been one of his first things, right? Seemingly. I, unless he was, I'm sure he was on some 80s sitcom that I don't know the name of, but ran for 250 episodes, you know? That's fair. Oh, his first thing was John Waters' Hairspray. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very interesting. With Josh Charles. Wait. Yeah, it is John Waters. Yeah, that one. Very, very, very cool. And then it was Dead Poet Society right after that. And then he got Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. (laughs) He got Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Hot off the heels of Dead Poet Society (laughs) with Josh Charles. I mean, I guess that's fair. I just, uh, good for Josh Charles. (laughs) Uh, Um, This movie... I love so much it uh it's crazy (laughs) I don't know um here's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie where I'm like wait what 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 why I wish there was more of that though like the the biggest problem that I have with this movie high level I do like this movie and for the record my wife loves this movie so Fuck yeah, man. I've seen it several times for sure. The biggest problem that I have is that it fails to deliver on the basic premise of the movie, which is about telling mom that the babysitter's dead. And no, like, don't tell mom. Oh, forgive me. I misunderstood the basic premise of the movie, as this movie is one to do. It just is like never interested in having hijinks with the fact that they the kids are run amok. It's this when it, it's a professional it's like a workplace comedy it's a fish it out totally of water is a workplace comedy <laughs> with teenagers it's so funny it's so weird dude it's you got so strange you're all stealing petty cash and fucking buying stuff and talking about embezzlement and you're just like what the fuck? and the 17 year old uh figuring it out man she's doing a really really good job that yep. fashion show seals the deal i guess i did a little bit of research which i am not really generally interested in doing but i found out that up until very late in the process this movie was called real world and it was changed at the behest of mtv now i only saw that in one place and i didn't bother to look any further but that makes sense to me because this movie is in no way interested in the fact that the babysitter is dead. Dead, no. No. Uh, and <laughs> it is for the first 10 minutes. And then, actually, she dies in the first 10 minutes. And then they just drop the body off, they get rid of it, and then they start their life. They start living. Right. Uh, and then there is, it does pay off. Like the mom asks, it's the very last, you know, it's the uh, button of the movie. She asks every time she calls too. Like, Sure. And there is like, you know, they're uh, playing 
uh, what is it skeet shooting instead of doing the dishes and dishes are done man you know okay there's yeah. a little bit here and there but i like i said i think it's uh, due to the fact that the title was changed late into the movie and that's why the movie is not so much interested in being the movie that it claims to be yeah the original title was the real world it was changed to avoid confusion with the new MTV reality series, The Real World. Here's something even more bizarre, and it points to some of the, the weird shit that you were talking about going on in this movie. Like, the legitimately weirdest thing in this movie is the drag queens that steal the car. Crazy! Where does that come from? And where does it go? They're just like, okay, I guess our car's gone now. Shrug. Shrug. <laughs> Liza? That is so bizarre, man. <laughs> so bizarre. That always has tripped me out since I've watched it as a kid. I'm like, what is happening there? That that nothing pays off there. Besides, they lose their car and now they're uh it doesn't even explain how she gets to work. No, they have the Volvo. That comes up later again. So it's like oh, instantly you're right. solved. But who what so like but i want to live in that movie i want to be in the movie where like random drag queens are just the obstacle for no apparent reason you know? straight up gangsters dude they straight up with grand theft auto and they're probably about to go party they're probably a little hopped up on some drugs they're gonna go party all night they need goofballs goofballs exactly yeah i it's a blast i just i wish there was more way way more of that because there's not nearly enough of it and yeah, instead you know what you do get a lot of is a creepy john gets as gus <laughs> being the womanizer in the office like uh, what a fucking creep that guy is truly i mean fair <laughs> enough 80s movie i guess early 90s movie you also mm. get a little dash of uh guess workplace comedy too like you you always have the asshole uh, womanizer in the office. Yeah, and he gets his comeuppance. You know, he gets he gets his uh, pants squirted on with the uh, cleaning solution there. Yep. And uh, found out by his uh, other would-be paramour. Rose. Yeah, Joining fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah, she's fun. Um, Rose is great in this movie who's just like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about how old you are. You just totally saved the company. This is not a problem for me. Why? <laughs> Which is fun, but it's kind of the problem with this movie is because actually, so I'll go on a bit of a rant. The problem with this movie is the director of this movie who doesn't know that this is like an absurdist comedy and maybe didn't give anybody more than one take to do anything because the blocking is super amateur. And even when the staging and like the camera moves have some inventiveness to them, they, they're kind of amateurish. And the, Do you honestly, know the movie? yeah, I want to get around to the direct, the career of Stephen Herrick, but uh, the, it, it just feels really like borderline amateurish or if not- It's, it, a, it's a TV movie. It is a TV movie. Yeah, it was made for HBO. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, it's a straight up TV movie. So okay. uh, it has a TV feel to it. It's just, it's PG-13. It's a little darker. Okay, I guess I should back off a little bit. That's that's more fair. Yeah, and this was... Because like I'm comparing the looks. He made Bill and Ted's right before Don't Tell Mom. And 
but Bill and Ted looks like a a, a legit movie. Right. Like, there's a lot of shit going on in there. So Don't Tell Mom is definitely uh uh like a step down, but I'm sure HBO was paying him a shit ton of money to make this TV movie. Well, I'm sure they I mean they were paying him, you know, maybe not a shit ton of money. I'm sure plenty of fucking money. Sure Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah, just like you said, the the fact that it's a, a TV movie, even if it's HBO, the budget's just going to be smaller. They legitimately might not have had a lot of time for extra takes there. Mm-hmm. Um, a quick rundown of Herrick since we're on the topic. Ready? Yes. Writer and director of Critters. Yes. Bill and Ted's, as we mentioned here, Don't Tell Mom. The Mighty Ducks, The Three Musketeers, which is also a junky movie that I like a lot. Oh, yeah, no. Can't get into that one, Mr. Holland's Opus, which uh-huh. I we should maybe do that one because I remember loving it as a child, but I've not seen it in you know since like 1998. I'm in the same boat with you, dope. Uh, the 101 Dalmatians is the live action one, right? Uh huh, kind of like that one. Reese, I saw that recently, I didn't hate it. It's not bad, it's just the live action version of the of the cartoon. Yeah, and Jeff Daniels, you know? Yeah, so good. And Glenn yeah. Close is great, and too. Glenn Close is great. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, what? Made fucking Holy Man. What the fuck is Holy Man? With Eddie Murphy and Jeff Goldblum. He's, Eddie Murphy's like a, a, a fucking religious person, and Jeff Goldblum gives him his own TV show. Next week on Made in the Nineties. It's so bad, dude. Wow, I that sounds like, like something. To be a kid, I was in like third grade. I'm like, this movie's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I also uh, am not a fan of Rockstar so much. Well, I like Rockstar because it is fucking crazy dumb. <laughs> it's crazy dumb. I'll give you that. But I yeah. love. It. And, you know, when Wahlberg's in a crazy, dumb situation, that's peak Berg, isn't it? Uh, now, nowadays. Uh, I mean, maybe any point. Uh, and then it, there's a steep fall off, man. Well, then he did Life or Something Like It with Angelina. Sure. sure. And then Man of the House, which is a big fall off. That Tommy Lee Jones cheerleader movie. Yikes yikes dude that i'm gonna watch that soon that's a fucking bad movie my girlfriend loves this movie what is happening with that feature film hey you know that tommy lee jones cheerleader movie yeah yeah yeah. man of the house dude tommy lee jones is you know simultaneously one of our finest actors and has been in some of the worst movies ever yeah do you think he was just like Oh, I'm going to get paid like three million bucks and I'm going to go hang around a bunch of hot 20 year old girls. Yes. I mean, I guess so. I, like, why? What makes him want to say yes to that? <laughs> or have you seen Just Getting Started? I have not seen it and I don't even know what it is. Where is it? It's 2017. I saw this in the, the height of the movie oh, pass that's era. The Morgan Freeman one. I saw this movie in theaters because I had movie pass. So um, that's the reason yeah. I know about it existing and nobody else should. It a it, it a mess, buddy. It a bad movie. 
Yes, and that director is Ron Shelton, who made uh, Bull Durham and White Men Can't Jump. Uh, White Men Can't Jump rules. White Men Can't Jump's fantastic. I, did he direct it or did he just write it? No, he wrote and directed it. And then he wrote and directed Ten Cup, Play It to the Bone, Dark Blue, which is an interesting movie. <laughs> uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell. All right, um, so about uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. David Duchovny's in it. Wearing the biggest suit I have it's huge. ever seen <laughs> on a human being. The, the wardrobe is pretty enormous all around. <laughs> um, so I'm actually reading, hold on. It did go to theaters. It made four point two million on opening weekend, making a very small profit below the filmmaker's expectations. However, it achieved success on VHS and HBO airings. So HBO must have bought the rights after it failed. <laughs> sure, or that's where it becomes a, a or yeah, they just classic and yeah, yeah, yeah. We all love it now. Yeah, I do remember reading somewhere about its box office numbers and that it was a, a mild success because of its limited budget. Ten, made on ten million box office twenty five point one. There it is. Yeah, yep. that's a success, which is commiserate to the lowest concept, high concept movie of all time. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure it's made much more than that now with its whole cult following. And of course the Broadway musical, don't forget. There's a Broadway musical? No, but you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't disbelieve it immediately, would you? Yeah, no, I totally, my head went there. I was like, I could see that. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> coming. I guarantee it within the next five years, you're going to see one. No. I. Well, you know, if I were a betting man. Oh, it does say, though, in June 2010, reports surfaced that a remake of the film would be produced by the Mark Gordon Company. As of 2021, production has not begun. <laughs> Here's some advice that I have to the Mark Gordon Company if they ever get around to it. Um, leave out the cleaning montage at the end of the second act that's not really compelling material to get me into the height of the third act hey man they're trying to get the place clean before the fashion show they do a hell of a job and you got that song playing that's the best <laughs> Dude. i don't know the lyrics but i know how it goes holding the line no right yeah. uh that's a different one the one when they're cleaning is like making my way. I don't know the lyrics though. <laughs> and bright sunshine. sunshine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Something the line. Oh, oh, oh. Drag the line. Talking about peace. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> uh, drag the line. That's what it's called. Dragging the line. Dragging the line. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, everybody. It's weird. No, I love it. How, okay. No, I want to talk about rock lyrics for a second since I just brutally sang so many of them. There's another song at some point in this movie where the lyrics are literally This is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Oh, is that the shit on the beach? 
Yes, with uh, <laughs> Josh yeah, Charles and the Grunions. Oh my like, god! Is he the only person that really cares about Grunions? And first off, they're on fucking Santa Monica Beach. Where is everyone? You know, it's <laughs> Auntie it's- Parks' it's- clown dog van down on the beach. <laughs> you know, when it's a night shoot on on the Santa Monica Beach. It's just like you and the bums, man. It's just you and the homeless population. So make sure if you're homeless. <laughs> make sure if you're PA in one of those sets, you leave all the pizza behind. People will. <laughs> um, I did find this thing online from someone who loves this movie so much, but like obviously there's problems with the movie and this person just wrote down like questions they have and this one's like why is sue ellen's nickname swell why does no one call her sue or se okay Uh, hang on first of all i want you to ask me several of these questions i'm going to answer them as rapidly as i can answer number one stupid question it's obviously because of it's a portmanteau between sue and ellen swell okay you ready go why did brian have all of that extra food in the back of his truck do delivery people normally carry around that many extra bags of food absolutely that's how we eat (laughs) that was a stoned answer from you right there absolutely as a former delivery driver i can assure you i've asked the short order cooks to slide me a cheeseburger out the back door many a time What exactly is the QED report? What was Sue Ellen supposed to do with it? (laughs) It's the quality. uh, I know, I was trying to come up with something too, and quality was the first. (laughs) No, it's the quarterly engagement dynamics. So uh, it's a number that I'm very familiar with as a podcast host um and then another good one was why did the mom go to australia for two months she really vacation stupid question yeah but first off two months you need to go for two months well if you're going by boat you have four kids in a whole household she's traveling if she's traveling by boat it's going to take her six of those months why why would she be traveling by boat this is modern day she can easily take a plane why else would she be gone for two months i guess she wants to get like laid in australia or something and fucking just have as much fun as she can away from her asshole son her fucking whiny older daughter and her two young kids a legit question I have about this movie is why are there nine fucking kids if we're never going to get hijinks about how many kids there are? My actual answer to my, her question about being, or the question about her being gone for two months is that clearly she was going on a walkabout. So she needed uh, one month just to be dehydrated in the desert. Oh, wow. That's a good answer. Yeah. And then like a few weeks to recover. You can't just like go straight from your walkabout to the plane. You fucking die. You got to eat a banana first. You got to uh, decompress. Yeah. All right. Any uh, other questions? Um, oh, yeah. There's a few, but like there's only a, a few good ones that I liked. Uh, if the fashion show was for high school clothes, why did Sue Ellen design a nurse outfit? 
interns. <laughs> I don't understand that answer. Interns. Oh, so I went to a, my high school was a, a magnet school. Did you have magnet schools? Yes, yes. So it was a medical magnet, or well, one of the magnets was yeah. medical. So yeah, I there were kids that would go to the fucking hospital and do their thing. I personally would have benefited from her nurse's outfit if I could have worn that to my internship. You would not be allowed to wear that in a hospital. <laughs> it's for student hospital workers. I'm the demographic for that. Mm-mm. No, you know, that's I almost spit out my water. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Oh, man. Very funny. What did these writers do? Neil Landau. He wrote Tad, The Lost Explorer. He wrote Young and the Restless, five episodes. <laughs> oh my God. This is a black hole. What are you? <laughs> yeah, boy. no, he's got no- nothing. <laughs> Doogie Hauser, one episode. Okay, this is <laughs> getting better. That's it. Tara Eisen, the co writer. Nothing I've heard of. Also, a writer on Doogie Hauser, though. For one episode. So these guys are sitting around the Doogie Hauser room, just kicking around, you know, what's the tension oh, for a 12-year-old surgeon? And you know what? what? What if Doogie's babysitter died? Okay, we can't use that here, but 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 Doogie wouldn't have a babysitter. Do he's still 12, he can't turn on the stove just because he can perform brain he can't surgery. Turn on the stove. Just because he can do medical surgeries and he's a doctor, he can't turn on a stove? Okay, he can turn on the stove, but he still can't reach the top shelf. How is he supposed to get the... Step stools, step ladders. Well, I guess you've thought of everything. Yeah. Come on, I'm smarter than Doogie. (laughs) I actually have some surgical questions I'd like to run by you in that case. Okay, please. 